we do not have a dedication this week. However, Emily and I would like to dedicate this one to all the past and future frat rats. We empathize with you. We're here for you. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Podcast. We had an eventful football weekend. Sounds <laughs> hubby Joe Burrow won it for the Bengals. And we have a spicy read for you guys today. But before we get into it, Sav, how are you? Okay, I have two things to say. I went to Tampa this weekend. Have you ever been to Tampa? I haven't. It was actually very fun. We stayed in this like fun little like bar nightlife district. However, I think I'm getting old. Because there were all these bars and they were like, people were taking Molly to go into the like EDM ravey type bars. And then we had some like real hood trap bars. And then we had country. And I was like, I don't fit into any of these groups. I would love just like a band and a little dive bar and like could not find any. Seth and I literally went home because I was like, I don't want to go to any of these. So I'm like, I'm a fucking 40 year old man. (laughs) I'm getting old. That I don't want to rave, I don't want to listen to rap, and I don't want to listen to country, and I don't know where to go in these spaces. No, I love a dive bar. You can't beat a dive bar. You can't. You, you, you can't, can't beat, beat a dive, dive bar, bar with, like, a guy who's had a little too much to drink, lead singing a band that's, like, local. That is my love language, and I could not find it in Tampa. That's disappointing. The other thing that Tampa had is we stayed in this little, we stayed in Ybor City, if people are familiar, and they have free range chickens. And I was like, I would like to get some chickens. <laughs> so we looked into the city requirements and I can have up to three chickens. And Seth is like on Reddit looking at like people that have chickens and like how to get a chicken to because the price of eggs right now is <laughs> chickens. So if you see me, I've already named them Feyre and Poppy, obviously. <laughs> so if you see me, Feyre and Poppy, mind your fucking business. Let me live my best life with my chickens. And if you want some eggs, call out your girl. I fully support. You know what it reminds me of? As soon as you said chicken coop, I thought of the um, the Hannah Montana movie. Oh my God, where they're painting it? I know. Yep. I'm like, Seth, we can name the other chicken blue jeans. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, That's the horse in Hannah Montana. And they paint this really cute chicken coop. No, I had the exact same thought. That'd be cute. Right? I could raise them. Seth was like, well, and if anything goes awry, we could eat them. And I'm like, first of all, if I raise these chickens from birth, they practically come through my birth canal. We are not eating the chickens. No. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I've been in full chicken coop mode researching chickens. Am I a chicken chicken razor kind of gal I don't know but we're gonna find out I love that what about you what are you up to so I finished how to not die alone five stars I have like five friends who have bought in the book oh um, she's yes. an influencer an influencer so I'm gonna give my section two a little recap okay and then I will do section three next week So pretty much section two was all about getting out there, like redoing your dating profile, like getting out there. 
And so I have some facts for you guys. On your dating profile, candids are 15% more likely to receive a like. And black and white photos give 106% boost in likes. That is crazy about the black and white photos. Absolutely crazy. And then, so when you're doing your, like your dating profile, you want to be specific because you're not, you want to spark a combo. That's why you're there. So instead of saying in search of a plus one, be like, I'm looking for these qualities in a plus one. Mm -hmm. I like to cook, be like, I like to cook my famous like Buffalo chicken dip. You're trying to be like specific. Okay. And then. She said that you have to cut to the chase. You're not looking for a pen pal with these dating apps. So if you guys are like kind of vibing and you have a good like thing going on, be like, oh, I would like to hear more about that. Do you want to meet up and go for like a walk next week? So kind of transition it to be like see each other in person. Okay. Have you tried any of these tactics? No, because I have, I'm getting my my phone screen next week fixed okay that's and fair so my <laughs> deadline is february 15th like that's so i'm gonna start and okay. then she goes into saying why it's hard for the apps because when you swipe it gets like an algorithm of what you like so you're basically grocery shopping for qualities of men which is what <laughs> which is why you need to be like specific so you can kind of like weed out like the people But then if you don't like dating apps, she gives you three things like ways to meet people off the apps, Um, get set up by friends and family and connect with um, people that you already know, like the one could be hiding in plain sight. But one that was interesting was she was like, go to events. There's like all these websites where you can go to events. And she said that you need to create like a matrix. So example for me is I like kids and I like sports. So I might find something that like if a boys and girls club or somewhere's doing like a volunteer sports event, I would sign up to volunteer because a guy there most likely likes kids and likes sports. So it has the qualities that I'm looking for. Oh, that feels like such a dumb moment, but also so groundbreaking. I know exactly. And then she was like, when you actually get to the date, it doesn't need to be like a job interview. She was like, don't go to a boring Starbucks coffee shop, but also don't go to a loud restaurant where you're going to have to like yell across. And she was like, you don't want it to be like an interview. So don't be like, what did you study? Why? Where did you go to school? Why? What's your five-year plan? Why? Because like, that's more like an interview than it is a date. Yeah. Please don't ask that on a date. That feels so weird. And so... Um, she was kind of saying that you need to, um, not treat it like an interview. And she said that you need to practice support responses to keep the conversation going. So it's not choppy. So if they're like, oh, my coworker just got like a puppy. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I love dogs. I would be like, oh, if you could pick any dog breed to have, what dog breed would you have? Okay. This is good. This is good information. And then the last part that I have is she says, fuck the spark. She said in a relationship, you want a slow burn because the spark Mm -hmm. eventually dies out, but the slow burn is constantly going. You're constantly having those feelings. It is like a long relationship of like love. 
And so she said, because of fuck the spark, your default mode should always be to go on a second date. Even if you don't like somebody? Even if you might have not gotten the spark yet, she was like, it needs to be your default to go on the second date. Because let's say the person was running late. They could have been off for the first date because they could also be nervous. So she said, go on the second date. That should be your default. This is helpful because I have been Bumble BFFing trying to make friends. So while I'm not looking for love, I feel like all of these things could still apply when you're trying to make new friends. And so we will both be in this journey together. The events part really blew my mind. Like you would think it's something so basic, but then you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, truly groundbreaking. Like it feels like it would be obvious, but when someone points it out, you're like, oh, duh, that makes so much sense. Yep. So that's the section two book report. Okay. Thank you for section two book report. Yes. Hope you all fall in love this year. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot to say, she said that you, before you, if you're like me and you're making your dating profile before you go, before you start and activate your dating profile, you need to have your three date outfits. Oh. So I'm going shopping this weekend for my three date outfits, like help prepare. So she said, you need to have three date outfits that like you would want to wear on a date that you feel like confident, sexy, and like you in. So. I love that. I mean, I can go shopping for three date outfits. I don't need them, but like, I can still do that. I love great recap. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Just trying to find love for everyone. What else have you been reading since you wrapped that up? Um, okay. So I finished um, Relentless Devil by <laughs> Kylie Kent. So I saw sad read it. So I was like, I'll read it. I have to give it three stars. It's perfect in the beginning. I love it when the main one of the characters has a sick sibling. I really do. And the men just, just takes care. But it moved so fast. I was like, there's just no way. And so I was like, I have to get it three stars. And then I finished The Devil Gets His Due. Five stars. So it's the last one of the Devil series. They're all five stars. But this one was probably my favorite. I cried. And I think it's time to discuss that the accidental pregnancy trope is underrated, in my opinion. Oh, okay. It's underrated because this is like my fourth one where they're kind of like enemies. They hook up drunkenly one night and she gets pregnant and then they have to navigate and it just blossoms to like a lover situation. And I'm a fan of this trope. So I, like, I don't no. think that's for me. I, I'm That's a no for me, dog, but I love it for you. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. Okay. Yeah, let Emily know, not me. This is what I've been reading. I read Hate Me by A. Jade. It is a bully romance, stepbrother, very dark and twisty. Highly recommend. This is an Emily-centric book that I think everyone... Listen, if you were there for Haunting and Hunting Adeline, you're here for this. You know what I'm saying? I also read Relentless Devil. Here is the thing about this book. First half of the book, perfection. First half was five stars. Second half was three stars. So I cut it in the middle and gave it four. I think that I was talking to Emily about this after she read it. And we were like discussing. 
I think that it's going to be one of those series that is technically a bunch of standalones, but they're all so interconnected and take place at the same time that in order to really understand the story, you need to read them all together is what I think she's setting that up for. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep into it. I really liked the writing style. I liked the character development, but it just, the second half just moved so quickly and I have so many unanswered questions. Okay, I'm going to go on a small rant <laughs> about From Blood and Ash. All right, so you remember I finished A War of Two Queens, which is the last book in the Poppy Cast From Blood and Ash series that's out right now, right? Yes. It was my first book of the year. Okay, and I was high-key confused. <laughs> I was literally like, I got to the end and I was like, I'm missing some fucking information. So I read A Shadow in the Ember, which is the first book in the prequel series to from blood and ash i don't know what the series is called i just know the first book is called a shadow in the ember halfway through it moved so slow i've been slowly chipping away at this i started it before i started war of two queens i was like god this is moving really slow i'm gonna come back to it first half boring second half i am both so angry and so absolutely blown away that the second half of this book not only made sense for this series and the book that's to come, but also the entire collection of four books that I just read. So like, I'm almost like, what the what the fuck did I think I was comprehending when I was reading this before? Because now everything makes so much more sense, which is really cool. But also like, what the fuck? Because I've read like 3000 pages almost of this series and it didn't make sense until yesterday. That's crazy. That is crazy. So if you have a prequel like that, you have to highly be like, yo, you have to read this book first. Well, and the prequel came out after the first three books. So the chronological order is FBAA one, two, three, prequel one, and then you come back to FBAA four. But... I didn't do that. So I was really confused. But now like it all makes sense. And this is going to be such a dope interconnected series. Because like I said, the prequel is just like before time. I don't know. I'm I'm just like incredibly wowed and awestruck and also like pissed a little. Like, I don't know how to feel. But anyways, I finished that yesterday. I gave it 4.25 stars. And I'm excited to start the next book and the prequel series. I'm probably going to read some like little mafia in between. Um, And I also have been updating my Goodreads. So if you are interested in anything that we talked about so far, I've given star reviews and actual reviews of every book, which is one of my goals. So proud of myself. Proud of you. (laughs) I am starting. um, It is called Even If It Hurts by Sam Mariano. Um, and the dedication is it's dedicated to Jacob Elordi and it's like for creating a character. And so I think it's going to be a, like the main character is going to be like Nate Jacobs. So I'll let you guys know how that is. Next Who week. I'm lo- even psycho Nate Jacobs could get it. <laughs> so. Okay. So we are going to get into the book. Um, but first we'll talk about Nikki Sloan. She writes full time and lives in Kentucky with her family and super destructive cats. She is a four-time Romance Writers of America and Vivian finalist and a USA Today best-selling author. 
She couldn't be any happier that people enjoy reading her sexy words. Books by Sloan include the Blindfold Club series, the Filthy Rich Americans, and the Sorid series. And today we'll be discussing the Frat Boy, which is a standalone in the Nashville Neighborhood series. And if you have not read the Filthy Rich American series, cue that bad boy up because it is so good. Hands down. Incredible. Loved it. Okay. We do not have a dedication this week. However, Emily and I would like to dedicate this one to all the past and future frat rats. We empathize with you. We're here for you. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were a frat rat and now you're married to a former fraternity man, peace and blessing. (laughs) So getting into the plot. So this year's Greek week was huge for both the Lambdas and the Six, with both needing their prize money for important reasons. The Lambdas haven't won in 50 years, and Madison made it her mission to win it this year. At the final obstacle course, the Lambdas had it in the bag until the SIGs cheated, which leads Colin to beat Madison. Madison is so upset that nobody admits to the cheating that she starts a mud fight with Colin, which gets Greek life at Davidson in big trouble and leads to Colin and Madison getting chapter disaffiliated. Both have rocky families and don't know what to do, but when they both answer an ad to be a porn star, they meet again when they are partnered for an audition. After their steamy enemy hookup, the two start their careers as porn stars living in the same house, but these two quickly turn from enemies to friends that eventually becomes lovers. What started out as a mud fight created the steamy relationship where Colin falls hard for Madison and fights to clear her name while Madison falls for Colin and helps him in any way that she can. Okay, I would like to, I have a two-layered approach to this. If you don't know this, I work in fraternity and sorority life. So as a fraternity and sorority life professional, I was slightly icked. You know what I mean? Like, I was was like, nah, I don't know, this is doing it for me. And then they moved into the house together. And I was like, well, (laughs) I can give this a go. Um, So as a reformed frat rat, this was amazing. First five-star read of the year for me. And I am obsessed. I loved the enemies to lovers background. And I love when we go enemies to friends to lovers. And we don't jump straight into a relationship. The spice was, like, (laughs) otherworldly. Like, I still thinking about it two weeks later, heavy on my mind all the time. The forced proximity I was really into. I liked the other characters in the story too, like the other housemates, the drama with the former fraternity brothers, all of it. I was eating all this shit up. So very much here for it. The way that Madison and Colin got kicked out in front of the entire Greek life community for a mud fight, like, again, fraternity and sorority life professional, that is outrageous. And I was like, oh, my God, like, who's going to call nationals? Like, we got to talk about this. (laughs) Why did they just get kicked out for no reason? And now they're living in a porn house. So, again, little unrealistic, little outrageous. But was I into it? Yes. The porn house also being in a bougie (laughs) neighborhood. Like, and then you're just up this hill and they're filming porn and like no one's recognized these people in the neighborhood as they're like walking or coming and going crazy. Like, could you imagine, like, I think of like my high school or even like nicer neighborhoods here, if they were just shooting porn up the street, like that would really be crazy. Um, You have no idea. 
<laughs> no. But like, would you? I feel like there were signs that they missed. I don't know. Like they ha- did they board up the windows? I don't know. I have so many questions. When the air goes out and she goes and gets into his bed, I was like, ooh, this is happening. And then also when his dad is making him uncomfortable and she sees it, like walks into the building, sees that he's there with his dad and he's uncomfortable and they are still very much enemies, but she still is like, hey, can you walk me to class and like gets him out of the conversation? I loved that. And then also when they get outed, so obviously, spoiler, but- there's a point where this like shitty person outs them being porn stars on social media and tags Facebook, them in on it. On Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, everything. Tags them in it. And so like everyone in their lives now knows that they are doing porn. And Colin was so like he was a little concerned with himself, but he was so much more concerned for Maddie which I really appreciated. Like he cared so much less about himself being outed and was like, oh my God, no, like how could you do this to her? And I just personally ate that up. Yeah, I love a how could he do it to her? (laughs) Who hurt her? I know. I Listen, I loved everything about this book. It was hot, good plot. In my opinion, it was perfect. I gave it five stars. Colin and Madison are meant for each other and the tension and chemistry was there. And like, when he knew how much she loved data and he would give her data on topics that she was researching, like it was just the little things. Um, I have to talk about Tiwe, the way that he fights for the truth to get out that his fraternity cheated, the forehead kisses that he gives her. And she had her formal dress. And if you're a sorority gal, you knew how like it was your formal dress. Like you, you took effort, like when you got your dress, like that was like your formal dress was like important. And she never got to wear it because her boyfriend cheated on her and then she got kicked out of the sorority. So he offers up an idea for a scene where they would reenact not like a fancy dinner or something so she would be able to wear the dress. So he reenacted. He was like, I never got a prom. You would get like able to wear this dress. He was like, we're going to have this scene and so you, like, you can wear the dress. And then they had it to where even if they went up into the hotel room, like they didn't have to film anything. And so they get back into the hotel room and he like plays music and he was like, dance with me. And he goes, maybe it was a little over the top, but fuck it. It felt right. Cause we were dressed up and it gave me an excuse to get her in my arms. Like Colin just loved her. I loved Colin and Colin loved Maddie. <laughs> like, yeah. Just so sweet and wholesome. Well, not really. Cause they were porn stars, but also still very wholesome. Yeah, I was just like, this is the cutest shit because like he knew how important, like how much she wanted to wear this dress and have that experience. Okay, we are going to get into the spice because I personally have not stopped thinking about it and I'm still a little concerned that this book got me pregnant. So alas, I gave this four peppers. How many peppers did you give it? I gave it three peppers, but now I'm thinking I should have given it like three and a half to four. It's crazy that you gave a book with two threesomes, three peppers. (laughs) Okay, I'm giving it, okay, I'm not, okay, I'm gonna give it four. Okay, I'm glad that you're revising on the spot. That makes me feel good. Okay, I have so many things to discuss. This, I have never, here's the thing, 
I think that I would do a threesome, but I have never given it a lot of thought because I'm a psychopath, right? Like if Seth looked at another woman, I'd be like, what are you looking at? Like I would get so upset. However, the professor threesome scene has just been literally on my mind in loop. I didn't highlight anything. I was not highlighting just vibes when I was reading this, but I can recall it because again, I've been thinking about it nonstop. So she pitches every Monday night, they meet together and they pitch scenes for the week that they're going to film. So the two like head honchos, the mom and dad of the house have been doing porn for a while and they also are regularly in scenes. And if they're not in scenes and they're like editing, okay. So she gets with the husband to do like a professor, a sexy professor student scene for porn, right? Reason number one why this was hot. They wear little earplugs. So his wife is watching them fuck and like commenting on it as it's happening. So that's number one why it's hot. Number two why it's hot is that then Colin enters and was like coming to talk about a grade but showed up early. So then it turns into a threesome with sexy professor and sexy student and she's literally on his desk moving back and forth between sucking Colin's dick and being fucked by the professor and I just cannot get it out of my head while the wife is in the ear like oh my god this is so hot um I have right here the professor scene all caps goodbye (laughs) and like the whole time that like um fuck Scott right I don't remember his name. Okay, I think it was Scott, like the dad, whatever, like the professor was like fucking her. Her and Colin are making intense eye contact. Yes. And she was like, Colin, looking at Colin is like what got me there, not being fucked by the professor. And that scene was just so fucking hot. I, it was just- so hot. She's literally on his desk in front of him, legs spread. Then she crawls under the desk when Colin enters and is giving him head. I mean, it was re- it was really like, I know we joke that like we read porn, but like this was genuinely <laughs> reading porn to the point where, again, I've been thinking about it nonstop. So yesterday at breakfast, I was hungover and I looked at Seth and I was like, I got to be honest, I've been thinking about this threesome <laughs> for two weeks at breakfast at like 10 o'clock in the morning I was like how do you feel about this I literally just like laid it out I was like this is what happened it was incredibly hot and he was like I don't know how to respond to this because we're hungover and it's 10 a.m give me like a business day to think about it and I was like okay (laughs) no it was just so hot it was so hot and I have so they're doing their audition right and they're like enemies like they fucking hate each other right and so they go to like, she, they do like some oral and they go to like have sex. And she says, so his tone gets dark. And so she tries to like rush, like, so she tries to like back up on him. And he says, you'll get your turn to fuck me. But right now I get to fuck you. And then she like tries to like touch like herself to like get it like going. And he says, that's my cock inside you. And my fingers touching you. I'm the one getting you off. So and hot. I, I was like, Hoo-hoo. the other. I also thought that the the first threesome was hot with her, and then the girl roommate, and then Colin pretends to be the stepbrother in the shower. I've been on a big step. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, they're in the shower. I don't know. I like. 
I think every, sexuality is a spectrum, right? I've never been interested in fucking women, but was it hot to read about? Yes. And I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like they don't only just have sex with each other. Like I think on um either the epilogue or the last chapter, they're getting ready for like Thanksgiving dinner. And like all six of them are gonna have sex with each other. Like they're just sense. gonna really reverse harem it or whatever. Loved it. Loved all of it. And like when the the th- the first threesome, the one with the two girls, Colin is like, oh, this is hot, but he can't look away from her like he has this other gorgeous woman still like completely ready for him but he's so obsessed with Madison and like they're still enemies and he like can't look away and can't bite it and I'm like this is what I live for like turn that shit up this is why so I if you guys have been here for a while I love books that involve like a porn star or something because I think that well so many there's such a stigma around it that yeah. like it almost like dehumanizes the individual well, dehumanizes the individual but I think that Nikki did such a good job of like being like they're still humans they're still people they have lives they live in these houses and so I really like that about this book was like yeah they're porn stars but they're also college students yeah businessmen associates so I am um, they had like personalities outside of just being a porn star Yeah. And like I said earlier, it was really wholesome at times, too, that you forget, like, oh, my God, they're porn stars living in this house. So it was such a fun juxtaposition of, like, oh, my God, this is so cute and wholesome and I love it. And then, like, oh, she's fucking two dudes on a desk. The other thing that I really like, too, is that I guess they – because you don't really get a lot of the, like, porn scenes. You only get three. So they fuck regularly. And then they talk about scenes that they shoot without you, like, getting what it means, right? And so they were talking at one point about like the solo scenes that they had to do. And she had watched Collins like over and over again. And then when she comes into her his bed because her AC goes out, he has her solo scene pulled up. And like, that's what he'd been masturbating to all week. And I was like, that's hot. Like the fact that not only did I do this, there are other things that you could watch that involve me, but that you just wanted to watch me. I don't know. It was really hot. I just loved everything about it. No, it was hot. And that's the thing when he was saying, he was like, at least, like, I know, like, if she's dating, like, when she's, like, in this industry, I, like, will know who she's with. But, like, if, yeah. like, if they're not together, he was like, I don't even get to know. He was like, oh, yeah. So he, I he thought it was cool, her. too. Yeah, like, they communicated so well. And similar to the point where the guy's wife was, like, in their ear as she was editing, talking about how hot it was. Like, if Maddie wasn't in the scene she'd go to like the editing bay so that she could watch I don't know that's just really hot I don't know what that says about me or what I could potentially be into in the future but I did bring it up at brunch yesterday at 10 a.m and I will report back on what my husband says (laughs) oh the other thing was the workout scenes that Colin like used to be a personal trainer was very fit obviously I feel like they're taking a lot of care of their bodies not just because they like need to for like their industry but also I think it was just like a passion area for both of them and so he was training her but she would like purposefully wear like really tight stuff or like sports bras that were a little too small and try and seduce him and he like he never wanted it to happen but he was like fuck all right fine like we'll stop for right now but then we have to come back to the workout I don't know it was just really cute yeah like he really like again like they had personalities outside of being porn stars 
Okay, guys, so we're getting into discussion questions. So the first one is, could you do porn? I personally could not do porn, but I applaud people who do do porn. I want to know how down bad you would have to be to do porn. Like, homeless, like, what? Because Maddie and Colin were like, fuck, we don't have anywhere to live. So they did it for the housing aspect and then did porn as, like, a side it was like the house was the perk and they did porn to like get by. If I was in their situation, I would do porn. Like if I was like needed somewhere to live, like this kind of situation, I had to be like, okay, I would do it. Here's my thing. I don't, I don't think that I could do porn number one, because like I could never, if I was like on a porn website and saw my big ass body, (laughs) I could never accidentally see myself that is such a jump scare I could quite literally die so that's number one why I don't think I could do it number two is like Maddie was going to be an accountant and like was going to work at a big four firm and so it's not necessarily that like I couldn't do it it's that I feel like the societal implications are getting better but still not great and like that makes me really sad because sex work is work but also, like, I don't know. I don't know that I could willingly sign up for that at this point in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't because, like, I am about to associate teach. I'm going to be a professor. Undergrad boys watch porn. So yeah, I don't think I could. But I think if I was in Colin and Maddie's situation of, like, being in college and that happening, and then I think I would. Yeah. But if, if I, I was hot, if I was hot and, like, had a big old ass and – amazing tits I would (laughs) (laughs) but I get it too because like undergrad boys are such douchebags and that sounds harsh but even when we started this podcast and I was working for a fraternity a lot of them found it and have since texted me or like made funny comments and it's not that it bothers me because obviously they're not getting laid but at the same time like that could just be so awkward. I don't know. Like, what would you do if some white man in his 50s came up to you and was like, saw your latest video? I don't know. I would inwardly cringe for the rest of my life. I would have to leave the country. I would have to leave the country. So yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. Listen, sex work is work. It is. Hella, hella respect to everyone who does it. I just do not personally know if I could do that. In this current phase of my life. Yeah. I'm the same way. Okay. But could you have a threesome? Okay. I have two stipulations with this. Okay. I think yes. Under the two conditions. I don't, I think it would have to be another male. I don't think it could be a female because I would just be so afraid the whole time that my man, that he is going to fall in love with her. Yes. So like, I'm, so I'm not going to enjoy it. My second stipulation is it has to be a complete stranger. Both or just one of the people? No. So, like, if it's me, my boyfriend, and, like, the, the third person has to be a stranger. Okay. So, this is where I'm getting caught up. I think if I wanted to have a threesome, I should have done it before I got married. Because now I'm, like, I'm with this person. And, like, I don't want to risk putting my relationship in jeopardy in any way and like you have to have such good communication to do this and that's not what I'm worried about it's my own emotions like I'm not concerned about Seth doing anything it's my own emotions getting in the way and like 
my feeling, me hurting my own feelings is what concerns me. So I think if you did this with like two strangers or you were in another couple's bed, that is the way to do it. You see, I think I could do it. Not married. Like, well, like we could be dating. I don't think married, but I think dating. And then the third person would have to be like a stranger. That you would like never, almost like on vacation, like you would never yeah. see them again. Or like I've said it before, like I kind of want to go to a sex club. I think that like yeah. I'm just fascinated by sex clubs. So I think like even if you do it in a sex club, it would be fine. Yeah. But it can't be like somebody that we're going to see at like Friday night beers and stuff. It has to be a stranger. Yeah. And I think I could do either way. I'm Again, I've never had sex with a woman. I've never even thought about it. But I mean, I got I don't know, maybe I would like, I don't know. Sexuality is fluid. Bring it on. But I think I would prefer. I don't know, though. Two dicks feels like a lot to work with. <laughs> like that feels overwhelming. <laughs> I think I would have to do it has to be a male for two. So one, because of my emotions, I'm just like going to be jealous the whole time. I'm just not. Yeah, it's like. Enjoy. Yeah. And two, I am so afraid, even though I like the trope, I'm so afraid of an accidental pregnancy. Like, what if the woman gets pregnant? <gasps> oh, my God. That's like <laughs> nightmare fuel. Okay. So, yeah, it has to be a stranger and the third person has to be a male. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not because of, like, me not wanting to be with a woman. That's not the holdup. The holdup is me being a genuine psychopath. And truly, if Seth looked at someone for, like, an extended period of time or, like, they were having sex and I felt left out, I would literally get up and leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. It's me hurting my own feelings. Okay, please listen, slide into our DMs all week. If you want to have a threesome, if you have and you like are taking it to the grave and you've never talked about it, you want to tell two bitches on the internet, please. I would love to hear it at Spice Rock Pod on Instagram. We will never judge you for anything. Never. Okay, my next question. We're going to move into like fraternity sorority culture questions. I feel like if you're new here. You might could have guessed this, but Emily and I were in a sorority. We are sorority sisters. That's how we met. I feel like it's pretty fucking obvious. Like we give off one of our sorority women vibes. However, at a point in the book, they talk about like the seniors of this last party have the opportunity to give a two minute presentation on anything and they cannot get in trouble for it. And I would love to know what you would talk about in those two minutes. I would personally. What would you talk about? Oh my God. I would air out every piece of tea I had. I would say who fucked who. I would personally rank all the guys that I had fucked. As if you're new here, we have a thing for Delta Six. We fucked a lot of Delta Six in college. And I feel like here's a comparison of the Delta Six that I slept with. I mean, I don't know. I would just be airing tea. I would have, I would take a lot of drinks beforehand. And have no regrets about the tea that I would spill in those two minutes. I think I'm I'm going between two. I would also spill tea because when I was on exec. And so like we had like a crush <laughs> invites and stuff that was anonymous. I got to see who invited who. And sometimes people have tried to invite the same guy. And <gasps> I'm like, oh, this candy tea. My second was kind of like what I was in college. I might rank the best places in each fraternity house to throw up then. <laughs> Ooh, you have a good point though about bringing up I was not on chapter exec I was on panelinic exec and listen 
I have some fucking tea and some fucking stories yeah. about that. So yeah, no. I could I could rate the four Delta Six I slept with. <laughs> um, I would just do pure chaos. Uh, you have to. You give me two uninterrupted minutes with a microphone. I'm going the fuck off. That's what but I'm see, doing. It is kind of cool because our chapter we did a roast and toast for seniors, and so when you got roasted, tea was spilt. It was tea was spilt. It was. It was. And we did. Public. And we did it in public. <laughs> Like a public restaurant. Like it was just <laughs> Yeah, I would spill I would spill tea and then um rank the best place in the frat house if um puke and rally in. Honestly, fantastic, fantastic approach. Okay, so they have an ABC social, and so that is where you wear anything but clothes. So if you could wear anything to an ABC social, what would you wear? Because I never went to one. I didn't either. Uh, this is hard because I'm not going to be some basic bitch wearing caution tape. Okay. I want to get a little more creative than that. I think I would have done the composites. I would have made a skirt and a top out of like composite pictures. You could have because so many people disaffiliated. We always have so many <laughs> I don't know what I would use. Oh, maybe like I can make a little parking ticket jacket. Like, I had so many parking tickets in college. That was my thing. And that's how I decorated my graduation cap. And I had extras. So I could have made a little parking ticket bikini top, I think. I truly love that. A bandeau, if you will. Yeah. I always wish that I went to one, but I feel like the opportunity never presented itself. Yeah, like, some things you can just do between the ages of 18 and 22. And I would say an anything but clothes party is one of them. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that now. No. Too old. No. Too old. Okay, well, we have to put Colin on our boyfriend pyramid. As you all know, our boyfriend pyramid is backed by science because we are hashtag girlies in STEM. The bottom of the pyramid is ultimate friends with benefits. You do it a couple times. Maybe tell your friends. Maybe sneak out in the middle of the night and never speak of it again. Next is meet the family. So you like this person. You'd be happy to comfortably date them for a while. Maybe bring them to Thanksgiving, but not a long-term partner. The second to top is white picket fence. So you would settle down, get a dog, couple kids, cute little house in a residential area with this man. And then the top is God tier. Not everybody can be God tier if you're me. Everybody can be God tier if you're Emily. But this is like the top of the top. Creme de la creme doesn't get any better than this. Colin's God tier. Colin is God tier. Colin is God tier for me too. Like he like there's just there's just not no way around it. Yeah, no, there's not. He was perfect. Loved him. Yeah. Thankful for him. Again, a little cringy. To put a frat boy in God tier, but also, you know what? We're reformed. <laughs> That's all that matters. We've done worse God with tier. far worse people. So here we are. That's gross. <laughs> Thanks everybody for being here this week for The Frat Boy by Nikki Sloan. Hopefully, you got to relive your college days and enjoy a little wholesome porn star romance. Next week, we're going to do Reluctantly Yours by Aaron Hawkins. It is a rom-com, enemies to lovers, fake dating. So we haven't read it. (laughs) You know what that means. But hopefully you'll see it here next week. And we will see you next week too. All right. Bye, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it.